0: Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunded campaign success and better physical product businesses. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and each week I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert designed to help you take your startup to the next level. If you're interested in learning what we're all about and kickstarting your own crowdfunding campaign, check out artofthekickstart.com slash checklist. You'll get our entire guide to crush your campaign and take your business to new heights. But now, let's get on with the show. Today's absolutely epic inventor interview is brought to you guys by efulfillmentservice.com. We'll talk about them. They can help you. Hey, guys. Welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today, we have a kick-ass interview planned. We have John Lee Dumas, the man on fire, the entrepreneur, on the show to share what he's learned and help you guys build an incredible business. Thanks for coming today, John.
1: Matt, I am excited, I'm fired up, I am prepared to ignite.
0: I hope so. Let's ignite. So before <laughs> we get into where that ignite came from, John, I need some kind of life quote, success quote. You've probably got a ton. What's your favorite?
1: My favorite is, you know, the simple one that I just go to whenever I need a little clarity. If you want to be do. Simple. I wanted to be a podcaster. I had to podcast. Stephen King loves to say, if you want to be a writer, you have to write. Do that thing.
0: Absolutely. Do that thing. Do what you love. And eventually you become it. You can't even really control it. So John, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. But first, where did fire come from? What's the deal? (laughs) Are you a firebender? Is this avatar? What's going on?
1: Okay. This is the full story. And I don't often talk about this because it's a unique question. But the reality is this. I knew I wanted to interview entrepreneurs for my podcast. And you know this is still in my naming phase. And so the word entrepreneur was definitely going to be part of my name, but that was really all that I had. I don't know if there's going to be anything before entrepreneur or after entrepreneur. And I was just kind of letting my mind over days, and actually it turned into weeks, just kind of think over what it could possibly be. And there I am folding laundry, and uh, I have sports that are on in the background. And the late, great Stuart Scott says... LeBron James for three, he's on fire. And it just clicked. I'm like, man, on fire. People get it. They know that it means you're crushing it. You're in the zone. You just, you can't miss. You're a rock star. And it's just across all levels. So that that just clicked with me, entrepreneur on fire. And from that point, I'm like, hey, I might as well just brand the crap out of on fire. So everything was ignites Fire Nation, you name it. It's been flames.
0: I love it. I love it. Sports is like business. You just go hard, (laughs) and the winners win. You're winning right now, John. You're crushing it. How many interviews are you at so far? Most people know your show, but I honestly can't even keep track of the numbers. 1,028. 1,028, guys. That's commitment. But you started somewhere. Where and why did you start Entrepreneur on Fire? Talk a little bit about finding and filling a need, something you personally had.
1: Yeah. And we actually had you on the show, Matt. I'm not sure if it'll be live by the time this goes live, but, um, August 17th, guys, Matt Ward on Entrepreneur Fire, check him out for sure because he crushed it. And what we talked about there that's pretty relevant to this is that you scratched your own itch, you know, with a Shido stand. Is that pronounced correctly? Shido?
0: Yeah. Shido. It's seed in Shido's. Japanese.
1: There you go. Shido stand. Like you, you were scratching your own itch. You had that pain in your back. You needed to have a way to actually. Stand up and I'm standing up right now myself. I'm also loving, you know, standing desk and all that stuff. So I, I love that you scratch that itch. And that was me for podcasting. You know, I was just like, why is there not a seven day a week podcast? I'm driving to my crappy job five days a week and back. I'm going to the gym. I'm looking to consume content during these times that I can. And there's just, you know, these great podcasts, but they're once a week, twice a month. You know, and I decided to to be that change. I wanted to see in the world to quote Gandhi again. And you know, it was just obvious to me that I needed to step up and create entrepreneur on fire. And frankly, Matt, I had no broadcasting experience. I had never interviewed anybody before. I mean, you know, I've heard some of your first few episodes and you weren't great, but you were great compared to me. I mean, I was so bad. You know, I was robotic. I was just naive and experienced, and it took time. You know, and that's why it goes back to the quote. If you want to be do, I wanted to be a podcaster. I had to podcast, and I had to be willing to be bad for a really decent amount of time. You know, slowly getting not bad over the process. And you know, it's taken a thousand episodes, but it's been a fun journey.
0: I may be bad, but I'm perfectly good at it, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, never thought we were going to get that one in there. No, you didn't uh... listen to the early business and bootstrapping. That was the first podcast. I froze up oh. on Andrew Warner. That was that was a fun one. But anyways, we don't need to get back into that. You well, start well, somewhere. Well, interesting.
1: We won't get back into it. But I do want to say it's kind of crazy that people now can't go back in the art of Kickstart and hear you, you know, to really early stages because that was round two. Where me, you know, entrepreneur Fire, you can still go back to episode like four and be like, "Ooh, John, buddy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You call yourself John Dumas in that first podcast. What gifts?
1: Whoa, good call, man! What a you're you're a true Fire Nation fan. You know the reality is this is that I didn't know what I was doing when I started, and then I realized, hey, it's actually pretty important that when people Google me, um, I come up in their search results, you know, as as decently high as possible. And there's this like. And a 50-year-old dude who'd been around on the internet for 20 years, who was a great wooden flute musician. And <laughs> I was just like, he had hit records in his little niche, and he had long hair and all this stuff. He was definitely, definitely not me. And I'm like, this guy owns the name John Dumas. How can I differentiate myself? And I said, let's bring the middle name into play.
0: That is absolutely brilliant. And that is a great reason. I hope you've interviewed that gentleman.
1: <laughs> I need to. I need to have him play his wooden flute on my show.
0: Oh, absolutely. That would be great. But let's get back to you, back to Fire Nation. So one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, building an audience from scratch. We kind of identified your USP, but how can people do this if they're looking to do it, whether crowdfunding or otherwise?
1: So building your audience to me is by far the most important thing that we can do as entrepreneurs. And that's that's personal, but I, I truly believe it. And I really look at three ingredients as being the keys to success. Number one is free. And that's why I love podcasts because you can deliver free content and, and that's incredibly powerful. Number two is valuable. Now, Matt, I'm not sure if you were able to deliver value from day one in your podcast. I was not. Luckily, I went the interview route. So my first few podcasts were valuable only because my guests that I brought on were rock stars and they were delivering value. So Right off the bat, I was delivering free and valuable content. Now, the number three ingredient that everybody gets wrong, except for very few people, is consistency. You know, people start off strong, they are on this momentum, they have the enthusiasm going, and then they just kind of, you know, pod fade or drop off. And you see this with blogs, with videos, with podcasts across the board. And that's the thing that I was not going to let happen to me. So I said, I'm going to put the gauntlet down. I'm going to you know, scream from the rooftops. This is going to be a seven-day-a-week podcast. I'm going to commit to that. And you know, here we are, 1,000-plus episodes later, and uh, it's been pretty consistent.
0: Yeah, you got to put yourself out there and kind of call yourself out and might just, <laughs> might just get where you're going. Guys, set some public goals and then actually follow through with them because that's kind of where it comes from. So we already talked about, you've interviewed over 1,000 awesome entrepreneurs. I'm sure there's some incredible stories. What's your favorite interview to date? Wow. That's, you know, a pretty crazy
1: question. It's like, no pressure. You change, you know, can you choose your favorite child? But I'm not going to take like the easy route out and say they're all my favorites. You know, there is a lot that were amazing, but one that really does stand out was when we brought Sally Hogshead on for the second time. And Sally Hogshead is an amazing entrepreneur. Uh, one of the top 10 interviews to date on Entrepreneur on Fire. And she has this great test called the fascination test. And she had me take the test. Um, and basically it's how the world sees you. And then she had Kate take the test as well. And then she kind of broke down on the podcast, just right there, just having a conversation, you know, all of my strengths and how I should really focus on those and all of my weaknesses and ways that I can avoid those. And the same with Kate, but then also how we can work together. And then she ended up giving Fire Nation a little coupon code saying, Hey, Fire Nation, you know, like if you guys want to take this test, you know, we're going to, we're going to have this offer code out for a couple of weeks. You can take it for free. It's normally like $40. And then after the interview, I remember Sally was like, Oh, so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna put a limit of five hundred, you know, I'm sure that'll be fine. And I'm like, oh no, like fire nation, no, no. (laughs) Can we just keep it? I don't want to get like hundreds of emails from people that have gotten denied. She's like, Oh, okay, well, we'll just keep it unlimited then and you know, we'll just cut it off after a couple of weeks. And she emailed me back like three days later. She's like, OMG, over five thousand three hundred people have taken the test and more are doing it every single minute. She's like, This is insane out of control. And so now actually to this day, and I just heard her keynote live at Icon 15, which is Infusionsoft's conference. She actually uses um, Entrepreneur on Fire, my audience, Fire Nation, um, in her keynote speeches, um, which I love. And she kind of just shows you know, where my audience falls mathematically and kind of just focus area within her test, which is really neat to see. And uh, it was really a cool experience.
0: I hope she had that opt-in stuff all set up before she got Fire Nation on board. <laughs>
1: You have to email opt-in to take the course. So she was just thrilled with that.
0: (laughs) Oh, perfect. That is absolutely beautiful. As long as she doesn't have a limit on the autoresponder. Yeah. (laughs) So, So that was a tough question. Let's go a little bit harder. Sure. If you could partner with one guest that you've had, who would you want to partner with and what business would you build?
1: Uh, you know, um, somebody who's now become a great friend of mine, who's been a, a repeat guest on the show, and now I'm actually in a personal mastermind with, because he's right here in San Diego, and who honestly was the inspiration for the show, because he was that podcast that I was mentioning at the beginning, where it was a great podcast, but it was only twice a month. And it was like, I can't wait two weeks for a 30-minute episode. I mean, come on, I need more. Um, it's Pat Flynn. And you know, Pat and I just really have audiences that align really well. He brings a completely different personality to the game, which I like. So I think that we'd be great partners together and really going in and, and just being able to, to get a lot of people excited about you know, some live events and some like, Google Hangouts and some live streams. There could be a lot of cool things that happen there. And we, and we partnered up on a lot of things, but to, like, to do it officially would be pretty cool.
0: That would... You guys should probably get something going live, get a <laughs> webinar, and then just have a crazy online fest. That I'd would be pretty it. cool. Partnering with someone else with similar skill sets, similar audiences. totally. So so synthesize some of what you've learned. You've interviewed a ton of entrepreneurs. It gives you a great background into what makes a successful entrepreneur and where some of those challenges come from. Share a little bit of what you've learned with Art of the Kickstart listeners. Wow, I don't
1: really know what the word synthesize
0: means. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that is a good point. Okay. What are some key attributes that you find that people need or should have to be successful? Number
1: one is just an openness to knowing that you need to be an apprentice first and foremost. And for me, you know, that was looking in my industry, in my specific niche and saying, I want to be right now where that person is. And that was Jamie Tardy, who was a successful business podcaster. You know, I just didn't go after you know, the successful person like a Gary Vaynerchuk, like I did not want to be, I wanted to be a successful business podcaster. So I went to Jamie Tardy and asked if I could be an apprentice to her, if I could financially invest in myself with her mentorship program. And that changed everything. So number one, having that, that mindset of, you know, being an apprentice. And then number two, realizing the fact, and this is how I end every show, Jim Rohn quote, that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And the reality is, if you're going to be spending your time you know, working on your business during the day, but then at night you're going out with a bunch of Debbie Downers and Don Doolittles. You know, that's still gonna be your average. You need to just sacrifice that and say, hey, I'm not saying goodbye forever, but I mean, we're not gonna be able to spend as much time together anymore because you're just not the average that I want to attain in life. And if that sounds harsh, you know, maybe it is. And if it sounds too harsh, then you don't have what it takes to be an entrepreneur because it takes sacrifice across the board. So improve the average of the five people you spend the most time with for me you know, I moved out to San Diego, you know, I moved here and surrounded myself with amazing people. Now I'm in a mastermind with, you know, Pat Flynn, Rick Mulready, um, you know, all these amazing people and and I get to hang out with them and it's awesome. And my average has skyrocketed.
0: And to be fair, a lot of times those relationships will start to get a little bit less exciting once you don't share the same life
1: experiences.
0: (laughs) Totally. So, John, you talked a little bit about your strengths and weaknesses from the test. What are some things that you learned?
1: From the test specifically, I learned number one that I am like a bull in a China shop. You know, that I have an idea and one of my massive strengths is speed of implementation. Like I can implement faster than anybody. I mean, I have an idea day one. By day one afternoon, like that idea is in motion. And it's actually I've taken significant action upon that. But on the flip side of that, you know, I break things. You know, I'm I'm charging around in this China shop and I don't always think through the consequences of what, you know, that action might be. I'm just kind of seeing, you know, right ahead of me and not long term. And and that's a huge weakness because you're looking to create a lifestyle business. You're looking to create, you know, a reputation that's gonna stand the test of time. And there's a great Warren Buffett quote that it takes a lifetime to build a relationship, but a minute to ruin it. And, you know, that's that's such a reality. And that's where um, Sally came on and said, Hey, Kate is the perfect yin to your yang because she's the person. You know, that's like taping down all, everything in the china shop to make sure it doesn't break while you're like, you know, kind of stomping around in there, you know, shaking the walls. So you kind of need that team in place. And again, we talked about team on the Entrepreneur Fire interview with you, Matt, and it's so important on so many levels. And that's one thing that really came through to me talking with Sally is that I have some great strengths for sure, and I've done really well at maximizing those. I mean, you know, you don't grow a business that's just basically a podcast with a couple of virtual assistants you know, into a business that generated over $500,000 in one month, which we did in May, you don't do that you know, you know, by just kind of being clueless and not having any strengths as an entrepreneur. But you can't sustain that without having a team around you, without actually having people that have strengths and that have skills in areas that you don't. And there's, you know, my time is incredibly valuable right now. And I shouldn't be spending time on things that I'm not good at to try to get good at them anyways. I should just hire somebody and bring them on the team that is good at those things for any number of reasons and that their time is better spent on those things. So that's really kind of been the maturation of Entrepreneur on Fire.
0: And we all need to go through that maturation. We all do stupid things that A, are a waste of time or B, could be outsourced cheaper than we do them ourselves. You need to look into the things that other people can do better than you can. And speaking of other people better than you, how do you build a business with a significant other? What's the what's kind of the struggles behind that? Because a lot of founders try to do that.
1: Yeah, and it's usually a mistake to be honest. And I look at any of my ex-girlfriends, and I can't even imagine having started or built a business with them. I we just didn't have the personalities that would have gelled. But you know, again with Kate, and it was obvious from the beginning for me. But Sally's test really kind of hammered at home. It just was really obvious that we did have very complementary strengths and weaknesses where. You know, Kate was very happy, especially at first, to be behind the scenes, to be administrative, to be organized and detail-oriented. And I was very much the opposite on all of those things, like just wanting to be, you know, out there, loud, and, and kind of you know breaking things and and doing um, a lot of things that you know weren't probably the right thing to do at the time. But at the same time, learning a lot from those failures, and so kind of coming together and just realizing that hey, we need to have like a separate but equal relationship here as far as business goes, and so. You know, separating ourselves, you know, you know, having different offices and letting Kate just do her thing and kind of grow into the business. Cause she didn't start day one. You know, she came in about eight or nine months into Entrepreneur on Fire. Still really, really pre-revenue, but um, you know, just on when we started really kind of getting some initial traction and success. And just letting her kind of find her own way in her business was important and then kind of establish that and get into a rhythm where. You know, we're not in each other's hair during the day. Like, we sometimes don't even talk during the quote unquote work hours. Like, she's in her office, door closed, doing her thing. I'm doing my thing. We reconvene at the end of the day. You know, we Skype question each other every now and then, but, you know, we're not in each other's hair. We know what we have to do, which has been something that's developed over time, and we focus on
0: that. And that's what counts, having those boundaries, because otherwise, I'm sure it could be overwhelming. I want to jump now into the launch round. How's that sound, John? Sure. Guys, before we jump into the launch round, we're going to take a quick time out to tell you about today's show sponsor, efulfillmentservice.com. Honestly, this is a great company to work with if you're crowdfunding or building an e-commerce company and you don't want to worry about fulfillment, shipping your products and rewards out to backers. That's one of the hardest things that Kickstarter campaigns have is getting those rewards out to backers on time. From manufacturing to shipping them out, it's a huge headache. Deal with efulfillmentservice.com or of the kickstart.com slash EFS to get the best deals ever. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. Okay, John, first question, entrepreneur on fire, you're an entrepreneur, who'd you look up to as an entrepreneur growing up or building the business?
1: Richard Branson was kind of that first guy that I saw as like, man, that's a lifestyle business. That's who I want to be. I can tell you that's changed. I no longer have any desire to go in that direction at all because I see that the 1% of his life that is glamorous, is is glamorous, but the 99% is not what I'd want to do, which is the rest of his life. But RB started it for me.
0: Oh, God, Richard Branson, The Virgin Way. Just listen to that. It's a great book. Break all the rules and go have some fun. That's how you absolutely build a business. One thing that's fascinating with entrepreneurs is how they kind of do break all the rules. Were you a rebel as a kid? No, I wasn't. I was
1: very traditional. I was very stick to it. You know, I was varsity athlete. I was you know letters in three sports and good student. My um, you know didn't break curfew. My parents could trust me. And I was not an entrepreneur. And I actually love sharing that because a lot of people that I talk to are like. You know, I wasn't like Gary Vaynerchuk when I was young and like selling baseball cars on the weekends and making thousands of dollars. That wasn't me. You know, I was mowing one lawn for 20 bucks a month uh, a week. Um, and I was using that for my spending money. And I wasn't looking to do anything else at all. So it's okay if you don't have the history of being an entrepreneur. You can still turn into one.
0: Absolutely. I think it's sales skills, but you can learn them either way. John, we love business books, life books on Art of the Kickstart. What would you recommend?
1: The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, followed by The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy.
0: Okay, I have not heard of either of those. I'm going to need to go check those out. Sound It's out. about
1: doing the small things right every single day that adds up to a massive success in the end. And that's what my life is. It's really waking up every single day, having a schedule, disciplined, and doing the small things right. And then here we are two and a half years later, you know, with a seven-figure business. And it came from that focus
0: absolutely just watch ghost dog which is a movie no one really would know about but it's modern day it's a modern day ghetto samurai movie and the concept is don't sweat the big things they don't matter sweat the little things because that is everything and that is more or less what you're talking about way off topic doesn't really matter crowdfunding kickstarter that's what we're all about any favorites
1: I'd say I like Indiegogo. Um, I haven't personally used any of them, but I kind of like it seems... Oh, no, campaigns.
0: They, <laughs> any, any campaigns you like, backed? Any products you think are cool?
1: Oh, yeah. The coolest. The coolest is awesome. I love that where the guy just said, you know what? Why are coolers so boring and so lame and just have no features? And this guy came out and just crushed it with the coolest. And plus, how awesome is the name? I mean, it's coolest.
0: Oh, absolutely. He got the, he got the best name. And he actually failed that first campaign. He failed. Hard. I heard. He can't, and then oh. he came back. He he came back with a force, guys. You're never you're never done until you're dead. Something what a, like you that.
1: know? Yeah. What a great story. I love. Oh, that.
0: absolutely. That's a that's a fire story right there, John. Boom. Okay, back to you. Back to the business. So you like to wrap up your interviews with what would you do? I'm gonna change the change the flip the script for you. What would you do differently, John? Relaunch Entrepreneur on Fire. We all make mistakes. What kind of things would you change?
1: Well, number one, I would launch when I was actually supposed to have launched, which was, which was a full month prior. But I just let fear and the imposter syndrome hold me back, which, you know, in rea- and looking back in hindsight is stupid because, you know, I was never going to be ready. So that's why you just need to get crap out there. And everybody that I've mentored since has gone through that same thing where they try to delay their launch and it's always a mistake. So going back, I would never, ever, ever have, have um, delayed my launch. Number two, Pretty early on, I focused on this, but not early enough, and that was the value of the relationships that I was actually building with Entrepreneur on Fire. I just didn't know that the people that I was talking to—you know—I thought that I was just snatching twenty-five minutes of their time, and then, then they were gone from me because you know I just had this idea that they were these successful entrepreneurs that you know did this every single day. But the reality is, you know, you're building relationships with people when you're having conversations with them, and and I really wish I'd done better following up with that and just. Have been a better thank you host, you know, following up a week later with a thank you and then continuing to keep up with their social media. And, and I implemented that around month three, but I do kind of look at that as, as three wasted months where I just didn't really um, build the type of relationships I could have with my first few, you know, 90 guests.
0: Yeah. And podcasts, it's, I mean, it's all about the relationships in business, and podcasts are such a great way to. Cheatingly get someone incredible on and pick their brain, build a relationship, and hopefully create something cool in the future. Totally. Totally. Okay, John, last question. What didn't we touch on that you think or would have loved to have shared with audiences?
1: Well, I want to kind of maybe end with something that I do think is so important to kind of hammer a point home that we've kind of been dancing around, but we really haven't gone out and shared it specifically. And that's a quote by Albert Einstein is that, try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. And the reality is, the first 32 years of my life was me trying to become a person of success, You know, chasing fame, fortune, and respect and money. And I failed miserably. But when I flipped it on its head and just wanted value and just wanted to give value in every way that I could, which I use Entrepreneur on Fire as that means to deliver the free, valuable, consistent content that's when everything changed. You know, that's when I built a business that I not only loved, but you know, had revenue to back it up.
0: A hustler's work is never through. So maybe you shouldn't be hustling in the first place, right? <laughs> that's, that's what Mr. Seth Godin thinks as well. I think that is a great place to wrap this one up, John. You've been an awesome guest and I'm pretty sure people know where to find you. But just in case, where is the best place for c- people to come and say, hey, learn from you, or maybe just listen to an interview or two?
1: Yeah, I'd love it. All the magic, Matt, happens at eofire.com. We have some awesome free trainings there, freepodcastcourse.com and thewebinarcourse.com. Both will teach you how to either podcast or do webinars in just 10 or 15 days. They're they're two great courses. Um, And yeah, we just love uh, delivering free value and it's something that we hang our hat on and we'll continue to do so.
0: And guys, let's recap. Over a thousand incredible Entrepreneur Interviews on Entrepreneur on Fire. Go check them out. I'm sure you're going to learn something. If you don't, well, yeah. (laughs) You know where to find Matt. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Thanks for coming on, John. You've been awesome. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show all about building a better business, world, and life with physical products. I'm your host, Matt Ward. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, you should check out artofthekickstart.com. You can find access to all our past episodes, get our Kickstarter crush it guide. And if you love the episode, be sure to leave us a review, artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help you grow your business. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, have a great and productive week. Go build something incredible.